Welcome to Sound Advice with Phyllis Nichols. This podcast is for women and the men who love them who are determined to make a difference in the world. You'll hear from other women who followed their own path to success and are willing to share what they've learned along the way. Be ready to laugh, learn, and be inspired. Who knows? Your story could be next. Your host, Phyllis Nichols, will make sure you see the possibilities in your own life And even better, she'll give you the proven strategies to get you from where you are to where you want to be. Hi, this is Phyllis Nichols, your host on the Sound Advice Podcast, and today's guest is Nancy Sheed. Nancy is an expert communicator, and she spent 20 years helping entrepreneurs and businesses in the publishing industry get their messages seen and heard. Her easygoing style and Southern charm is contagious, whether it's an audience of one or 100. She's got a knack for getting to the heart of your message, and she knows just how to help you find the right strategies to suit your business needs. Nancy doesn't stop at the idea stage. One of the things I like best about her is that she takes a real hands-on approach and she helps you experience real-world results. She sits down with her clients to help them understand the newest social media trends and how to tap into the old-school methods as well. Her custom approach is why her success includes startups, small businesses, authors, politicians, and publishers. Really happy to have Nancy here today because she's a dear friend. She's a peer and a collaborator. She and I together geek out often over marketing stuff and can talk about it forever, really. She also is great with content ideas. We talk about SEO resources a lot, and she just has really great, awesome clients. It's really nice to have her on the podcast. I do want to mention the podcast quality is not as good as I would like. There is a little bit of a static sound, and I just wanted to let you know that up front. Please listen. Nancy drops some great pearls of wisdom, some really great information about being more engaging, and how to take that approach. Um, I just want to give you a heads up that the quality, unfortunately, there's a little bit of fuzziness. It's very clear. I mean, you can hear it. There's just a tiny bit of static involved. So thanks so much for being here, and let's get right to the interview. I'm really glad to have Nancy with us today. Uh, Thanks for being here, Nancy. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm really happy to be here. Great. Well, As you know, or maybe you don't know if you haven't listened to many of the podcasts, but I always like to start by asking what is a piece of sound advice that's been really meaningful to you or something that's made an impact for you in your life? I I think the best way to sort of, you know, go about it is a very, uh, you know, sort of, it's a big overall statement, but it's to be engaging. And I think you know, that works on many levels. I, I'm, a, you know, I'm a Southerner. I'm from the South. We come by hospitality. That's just part of our, you know, makeup. And and I, I've seen that as I've moved over into online marketing and, you know, social media still be the case, um, even as, as all of this sort of technology and these platforms have evolved, being engaging is still the sort of number one rule in whatever it is that you're you're doing. And so I think whether you're, you know, the, the host is at the party and you're, you know, engaging with people or um, you're thinking about what you're going to post on social media or put in your newsletter or put on your website, um, it's, it's that, you know, it's being, engage, it's being engaging. And it doesn't mean 
charming, delightful, and perfect, but it means causing somebody to want to interact with you. And I think if you can always keep that umbrella on, no matter, you know, if we keep that overarching theme going, um, it will, A, feel more authentic as well as sort of, you know, keep you moving forward as opposed to feel like you're, you're just sort of, you're out there, but there's nothing happening. Okay, great. A couple of questions popped up that I want to ask. First of all, can you, you said something about what, what is engaging mean to you? You use a phrase in there, and I tried to catch it, um, because you said it doesn't mean being perfect. Well, it doesn't mean, you know, being engaging like, you know, the, the, the perfect hostess saying, the, the, you know, the perfect things and being, you know, right, and, and I would even argue politically correct, but I think being engaging by me, you know, I was thinking of that definition, and, I, and you know, you, you hate that definition where somebody comes back and means to cause somebody to engage with you. But I think to cause someone to take action and, you know, and interact with you. And so, if, you know, if you think about that at a party, then being engaging means, you know, having a conversation or, right. you know, being of use or service or helping somebody out or, you know. And I think, you know, something that causes some sort of interaction with somebody. Um, with regard yeah. to... With regard to online marketing, you know, there are many forms that it can take, but I think it's not just that, um, you know, as we deal with marketing, you're not just throwing stuff out there. You're, you're being very thoughtful about, about what you want people to do with the information that you're sharing or the, you know, product that you might be selling. Right. I love that. I think thoughtful is a great word <laughs> um, and a great description, too, because it's, it, it means obviously – Hopefully that makes things more meaningful for for both sides of that engagement equation, right? Exactly, and I think you know um, there's just so much information out there that we're all being bombarded with. But but if you take a closer look, you know the, the things that you or I or you know your audience will engage with is is it's something that's the way you do the way it's been presented or the way, you know, the information, is, is it being asked? Is it the tone? Um, is it that you thoughtfully get, made it really easy for somebody to engage, act? Is it just the mere information that you're, you're, you're sharing? Uh, you know, think of, you know, I always sort of challenge people to say, what, think about what it is that you're putting up there, what you expect, to, you know, to happen from there, and how you expect that to happen. And I think the more engaging and, you know, sort of, which I think also feeds into authenticity. It is, I think, the easier, you know, this, the whole process works. Yeah, absolutely. And I like that you mentioned the word easy because I think sometimes when, like if I were to meet you at a party, I would, you know, ask you questions and, you know, really be uh, probably interested in what you say and, and, and more than just sort of consuming information but actually really making an attempt to get to know you. And, and so you can carry some of that over to the online space as well, right, where we're doing more than just sort of blurting information out there. We're actually looking for a way to communicate and, and in a two-way method, right? Exactly. And I think, you know, you, you and I know that, that – when we say easy, we're making it easy for the receiver. It isn't, you know, it's probably, it's, it is a challenging, it, it's not necessarily easy to be engaging because you sort of have to think through that whole, the whole process. And, and right. you know, is there something in the presentation? Is there the way you ask a word? Is it, you know, that, that you've added an extra component? But making it easier for the other person um, to engage. And, and I think, you know, um, when I talk about in, in 
engagement, you know, I like I like the idea of the party and then but what does that look like online? Well, you know, in our theoretically perfect world it means you're promoting something, you're sharing your website and you know, people instantly click a button and become a customer and sign up. But we know that doesn't exactly happen and translate, you know, that fast. So I think just thinking about, you know, what am I putting out there? What do I expect from it? Do I, you know, expect somebody to sign up? Do I expect somebody to comment? Do I expect somebody to like? Do I expect somebody to click? Just making it as easy as possible and guiding them through that process in an authentic way is really, um, you know, then the other pieces fall together when you're, you're approaching it from that bigger picture. Yeah, absolutely. And I really like that you talked about having some expectations, right? So <laughs> that can be a missing piece, right? You're, we work really hard sometimes. I generate, I mean, I create content for people all the time. So, but again, you know, content for the sake of content is can be all well and good, I guess. But then when we really say, well, what is our expectation? What are we trying to do here? And what kind of engagement are we looking for? You know, those sorts of things that really gives you a, a a different perspective for sure. Well, and I think absolutely, and I think we've also we've watched we've watched the world change from you know getting a thousand or ten thousand likes. Um, you know, one those those days are over in terms of happening for free, which is a whole other whole other subject. But but right. going, you know, as I think to people, I'd rather you have five hundred engaged fans than a thousand or ten thousand you know, people who are on your list who you have no interaction with. Um, And again, I think, you know, that then gets into, you know, segmentation and targeted marketing. But I think, again, uh, we've we've just seen the shift to, you know, the quality of your audience versus the quantity. And I'm not going to say you don't need to be growing your list and growing your fan base, but, but, you know, we're beyond the like I have I have all these people, you know, on my list, but nothing's happening. I think we need to focus more on what we're doing to make things happen and what we want to happen, you know. And there is, for the most part, there's a funnel. People are using these, you know, these tools that you and I specialize in in terms of um, getting people to know us without sort of beating them overhead the old-fashioned marketing way. There's a whole warm-up period. There's a whole get-to-know-you period. There's a whole, you know, let let me show you I'm an expert or let me show you how great my product is or let me show you how my product works or my services work. And, and there's a whole get-to-know-you dating period that goes on. So, so what, what can we do is we're sort of moving, you know, people who don't know us or about us or our products or, or you're, you know, into, oh, my gosh, this is the perfect thing for me. And, and, you know, going back to that authentic and engaging voice, they're talking to me. I want to have a conversation. I want to push this button. I want to sign up. I want to know more. And that's, you know, going back to being the engaging mentality. Right, right, absolutely. Well, now, to kind of shift just a little bit, I mean, I want to stay on this topic of engaging. In Anywhere in your sphere, really, I mean, it doesn't have to be somebody that's like a household name, but is there a company or a person or a combination of that you feel like could use as an example of somebody that does a good job of being engaging in whatever, in their particular market space? Is there somebody that comes to mind that you could mention that we could, just, I'm just curious so that we can maybe help people if they're not used to this because a lot of you and I are in the communications industry sort of and we get this, but a lot of right. people like, really find it really sort of vague and, and hard to get their head around. So is there an yeah, example that you think? 
Yes, sorry for interrupting, but it's a great it's a great question, and I think part of this started sort of becoming clear to me when a person I met uh, his name is Chris Desai, and he has a he actually has a social media firm here in Westchester, and he was speaking to us, and he said he charged his audience, or he not, he charged his team that everything they you know everything they put online should try and create a spine tingling moment. Okay. That is a hard sell, like that every single thing you did. But I, I got the premise that he was trying to convey to his group, like we don't put we, we don't put stuff out there that isn't really well thought out. And and he used a classic example, I think, and I'm not going to get the exact terms right, but but I think he might have had like the Leukemia Society or something. You know, he had um, he had a nonprofit where there were kids who were or who were sick and and. They just crafted their stories and their posts and things in a way that made you just sort of stop and and you know and he he just was doing such a great job of of telling you know storytelling that you know even if this wasn't something that was even related to you it made you stop it was compelling and it was engaging and it made you want to either share or like or you know post a sad face but um, it was just a great example of of doing that so I think there's an, there's an element of of storytelling you know. Everybody's trying to either sell something or market something, but if we do it in a storytelling way, um, it's so much it's so much more effective, and people don't feel like they're being sold to. Um, you know, the bigger brands are figuring this out because they've got about thirty seconds to do it. You know, or, yeah. or they're figuring out how to use, um, you know, live video and, and things like that to sort of make it engaging and give you again a behind the scenes opportunity to engage. Right. So, so, so some of the celebrity, you know. Uh, you know, obviously some of the celebrities are doing it, and, and even there are lesser known names, but they're giving you that constant behind-the-scenes, you know, engagement factor and, you know, shout-outs to anybody. So, you know, they're making you feel like, or they're making their tribe and their audience feel like they're right there with them, and again, having that engaging conversation. And I think that's why we're seeing live video be so popular, because it's like this instantaneous hit of engagement. Right, right, absolutely. And And you're right that part of that piece of engaging, and I, thanks for sharing that. I mean, I, I love the the spine-tingling um, moment explanation. That's, that's a big challenge, but I, but I totally get it, right? Because we don't necessarily want just to be checked off the box. Like, oh, post it on Facebook. Oh, post something on Twitter. Uh, put a picture up on Instagram. Like, you know, we're checking through our little box of the day or whatever it is we're doing and, and not saying people do it quite that way. But but sometimes, right, I think it can start to feel that way. Exactly. And, uh, and, and so I think, if it's like, yeah. yeah, taking that extra moment to think like, okay, you know, how can I make this really impactful? Let's make it worth my time and make it worth the time of anybody who's going to be seeing this. And if it's not, maybe, you know, and again, what we're seeing in the analytics is if it's not, it might not be, you know, it's not a matter of a certain number of, of posts, and I think we're finding that in, in a lot of the, um, the analytics. is It's not a matter of if you, if you put up so many posts or you send so many newsletters. It's a matter of, you know, what's, what it is, you know, what what is it that you're actually sending? When are you actually sending it? Are you being thoughtful about your audience? And it, it, it kind of then goes back to marketing 101. Who is your audience? And you know what do they? What's going to cause them engagement? Where are they? What you know? What are they doing? When do they want to hear from you? I mean, it, it really does go back to marketing 101. But I think 
for some people who are new to using all of these online mediums, it's, you know, just understanding how they work is one thing, much less getting back to sort of, you know, a new way of thinking about marketing. Yeah. But yeah. it really isn't new. It just feels new because of the tools. Right. That's a great point. Now, you mentioned analytics, and that's something that has come up in a couple of conversations I've had lately, which is this cross-section of, again, meaningful, we'll use this fine-tingling um, descriptor again, right? So where right. is this sort of happy crossroads between the analytics and sort of the raw, the numbers, the data, right, which matter, but then, you know, and, and also that sort of effectiveness of, of a really creative or compelling message. Um, I think some people are like, well, I, you know, like having measuring it or using analytics to measure some effectiveness, for some people I think feels wrong because we're taking like sort of this personal connection out of it, which is what we're seeking. So, right. I mean, how do you talk to your clients about that? Well, that's such a great question. And so um, there actually is an intersection. So, of course, we track, you know, traffic on a site, or of course we track growth in likes. But the, you know, or of course, you know, how many Twitter followers do you have, or how many subscribers right. do you have? But the, the sort of, I won't even say it's secondary, but what I also then track related to that is looking into the qualitative. So I'll say, okay, but let's look at what your most, what was your biggest, what was your most popular blog post this month? You know, where is the traffic actually right. going? What is the behavior? So we do take that, you know, we, you can't analyze somewhat of the qualitative. With regard to, you know, Facebook, we'll say, we'll go and look and we'll say, let's look at the two most popular, um, you know, your two most popular, you know, for the most part we do monthly, but what were your two most popular? Were they similar? Were they different? Was there diversity in terms of, of the engagement there? Um, and, and this is a beautiful part about these awesome tools is you get this real-time analytics. And so you can see, oh, my gosh, that's working so well, which you expected, or maybe you didn't. And then, oh, that's not working so well. Um, right. You know, and what's also interesting is a cross-platform. You know, sometimes things are extraordinarily successful on Facebook. They aren't nearly as successful on Twitter and, and vice versa. But, but I think not just the numbers, but looking at sort of what's caught, like, why are those numbers there? What is right. the, the behavior that's driving that? Start right. to answer and tease out some of those qualitative questions. Or the, you know, that qualitative feel of, oh my gosh, that really resonated with people. Let's do more of that. Or right. I have no idea why it did. Let's figure it out. Yeah, both of those are, are really great. Um, and I appreciate you sharing that because I think, again, the, the, the behavior behind the numbers is really what matters, right? And then like you said, either do more of that or find out why was that so effective and let's, let's sort of figure, deconstruct it so we know how to do it again. Right. And sometimes there are ones that you just never, ever expect that fly off the, you know, sort of fly right. off the as it were, or ones that you think, huh, you know, what's Facebook doing behind the scenes that I don't understand? Maybe, <laughs> you know, because that has really been pushed down. Or what did we do in terms of maybe the content was right but the execution was wrong. So, so it's, it, I wish, you know, I could say there's a surefire, you know, you know, secret recipe for this. But, but, it, but I feel blessed that we have, you know, as opposed to running an ad at a certain frequency in a magazine, we now can, can, can test these, um, you know, we can yeah. quickly test in real time what's working and what's not working. Right, which is, which is actually really nice. And, and even, a, you know, a very small company like mine or 
you know, we can do it and we don't have to be, you know, a huge, uh, with a huge firm or something to be able to make that happen. Right, and uh, exactly. You don't have to have tools. You don't have to have, an, you know, an ad agency. I think, right. you know, um, as we're shifting into advertising on these platforms, that starts to have a different feel. But even just working in an organic world with, with just, you know, our own content or, or our own, you know, sort of own voice and that starting even with the organic approach, there's a lot that can, you can be learned when you're getting started. Right. I agree. I agree. So a couple things. Real quick, before we line things up, I want to ask two things really. The first thing is, if somebody is listening to this today and they're relatively new and you know they're like, this is all wonderful. I want to be engaging. I absolutely want to create and, and put information out to my audience that's really cool and engaging, but you know, like what's step one or step two, um, what would you say to a person in, in that place right now? So just to make sure I understand, so sort of if being new, how would I get started in, in acting on this being engaging advice? Is that, is that the question? Just, yeah, you right, know. right. And I, think, and I think a couple things. Um, one, it, it's, we just talked about this, but I think having a really clear understanding of who your target market or your target audience is. Um, you know, who, who are you talking to? And have a, have a picture of them in your head because I think if you, you come from this approach of I'm talking to everybody, everybody is my customer, client, audience, tribe, fan, then that makes it really hard right. to get a sense of traction and engagement because you're trying to be all things to all people. And, and you end up sort of maybe speaking to a few here and a few there, but you never kind of get that traction where you feel like you're developing your sort of your peeps. Uh, so I think one is, um, is thinking about them. And then two is, you know, don't try and be everywhere and do everything. I think go back to if you figured out who your audience is and what, you know, where they are and what they're doing, think about also then, okay, where are they? Where do I want to meet them? Where am I comfortable being? You know, and and, right. and what do I want to happen in that conversation? Because I think, you know, uh, people come to me and, and oh my gosh, I haven't been on social media because I'm so behind. I haven't haven't done it and and everything else. And I, I take a step back and say, wait, 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 wait. You know, like, wait, what what are your what else are you doing? Um, who are you talking to? And I and you know, there's often times where I'll say somebody, if you haven't thought about, you know. You know, if, if you have a list of you know a thousand people email names that you're not using with some sort of a cohesive email strategy, let's take a step back and 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 go back to the bigger picture. And I think telling people don't try and be doing everything at once. Decide what feels like the best fit to get started and go in deep there and committed right. and consistent there is far better than I'm going to be. And it's the same principle like being everywhere because. Um, it, it, you just end up completely burning out, petering out. You'll be exhausted, and and for most people, this isn't what they do for a living. They actually are probably busy running their businesses or yeah. or, or yeah. sharing their services and their gifts with the world. So this is a whole other piece. And I think you know um, our mutual friend Patty Lynn, and you know, she's like, just like pick one or two marketing approaches. One or two. That's it. One or two. What right. works? And right. that that could be doing none of you know this. I could be doing none of what you and I are talking about, but but I think it, it's a far more satisfactory you know ex- experience. And I think then you can ask them out there to be sort of consistency, so that you you make a plan that helps you stay consistent, so that it happens, as opposed to chasing your tail and feeling like you have to do this 
a certain amount of times but never planning it out would be my, right. you know, the, the third secret of the sauce. Right. No, I appreciate that. I, I wholeheartedly agree. And I think, I know from a being a small business owner too, I I think it also for most of us it feels better to be like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna do this one thing and I'm gonna own it I'm gonna really really connect with people I'm gonna really put myself out there you know I'm really gonna own it that I think for most not everybody but for most people I think that um, feels much more authentic I think it's uh, and it's easier to get my head around like I'm gonna really do do this I don't have to worry about five things I have to worry about one thing you know and doing it well. You know, it can be a big challenge, but it certainly feels much more um, doable and much less intimidating. Exactly. And I feel like, you know, one of the first things I give talks is I walk into people and say, okay, you now have permission to relax if you're not doing social media because it's okay. And they they like to have that, like, absolution, as it were, of, of, thank you, you know. And I'm like, you you do because it's, it's, there's too much. It's just there's there's too many moving parts, um, you know. To you know, so let's figure out if you should even be here, and if you should, what we're gonna do, you know. Or let's take a step back and make a plan that maybe that comes in in six months, and you focus on your newsletter. Or you know, people come in and they want to launch their their social media, but they have no website, they have no other presence that they can own that's actually theirs. And I, I think you know, we've shifted from. Yes, it's great to have these social media tools, but you still need to have your own online home um, right. that you know you own and that you can sort of be calling home and gathering your tribe to when you know so that you're not at the mercy of of all these social right. media tools. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you guys heard it here. Nancy has given you permission not to worry about being on every social media platform. And um, I know that makes me feel better. And I know I know people listening are going to feel better too. So Nancy, as we wind up, uh, thanks for being here and all the great information. I have a whole page full of notes. Can you tell people where they can reach you, how they can find you, and how they can engage with you? Absolutely. I would love more, more engagement. Um, so I am Nancy Sheed uh, at nancysheed.com, um, and that's S-H-E-E-D. Um, you can also find me on um, in social media, and my handle is SheedSalt, S-H-E-E-S-A-L-T. Um, and um, my email, if you need to reach me, is nancy at nancysheed.com. Okay, great. Well, Nancy, thank you so much for being with us today. and. Thank you for sharing your engaging piece of sound advice. I appreciate it. My pleasure, Phyllis. Thank you so much for having me. Till next time, have fun, be you, and share your sound advice with the world. For more info and show notes, or to connect with Phyllis, go to soundadvicesales.com or on Facebook at Sound Advice Sales.
This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.